Welcome to No Worries If Not with Andrew Stanley and Aaron Tuning. Yeah, welcome back. It's been it's been a little bit. I blame that on Andrew's successful career and uh, new marriage. She's very needy. I was traveling so much and with my wife so much. I did not have time for you, Aaron. I'm so sorry. That's all right. I'm glad we're here. That's what matters. But you know what? It feels good when you don't release an episode when you're supposed to and people notice. Yeah, we got some some sad remarks. Yeah, so thank which you. Matters. Thank you guys for being so outwardly disappointed in us because it lets you know us know that you care. Hundred percent. Yeah, and we are back with a bang. Yes, we have a guest today. We're not even going to mess around doing an introduction later. This is we're he doing, needs we're no doing it live. He's here with us now. Hilarious stand-up comedian and friend Justin Smith. Everybody, What's up, guys, how are you? Thanks for joining. You're staying at my house. Yeah, so this absolutely. This is very convenient. It's better than being like it's the literally the options were hey. I needed to go upstairs for an hour, or why don't you just be on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, well, I think I texted you yesterday before you got here, and I was like, by the way, the only condition of you staying here is that you have to be our podcast guest on oh, Wednesday. That's perfect. It's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Cheaper than a hotel. Pretty I, good. I like it very much. How are the accommodations? You're our first non-family member guest since we've been married. Oh my gosh, it was great. I, I was I was legitimately, it was so nice, I was looking up squatter laws, because <laughs> I, like, I was like, if I just don't leave legally how long would it take for them to get me out of here yeah because it's like that shower i mean the shower it uh have you showered upstairs no it's unbelievable like i'm a i'm a huge dude like i'm a huge dude and for me to get into a guest shower and not touch any wall of any kind (laughs) you're like i was in there doing like i was i would head my arms out yeah it was like a it felt like a creed video you know like i was just come on have the arms out yeah, just looking to hug something, you know. It was great, man. And wall touching in a shower—that is the coldest you've ever been. You know, you ever like yeah. accidentally touch touch a nipple on a cold tile wall? Mm. Don't like that. Or you Oof. get the or you get the curtain hug. Oh yeah, or just it clings to you because like mm. the curtains just—it's not wet, but it's damp, and so it just kind of clings to you. And yeah. you're like, and you turn. I can't tell you how many times. That I've turned and opened the shower, and I'm just like, well, I guess I'm cold now too. <laughs> just this the is draft great because it, it just because it clings to my body, and right. so I just turn and I just open the shower, and you're like, well, this is the life that I have chosen now. Yeah, I can relate. I don't know if Andrew can. We we're like a, a Russian doll comedian here. I'm a skinny boy, but I will say, if I'm at a hotel and at some point in the course of my shower, I my skin touches the curtain, I restart my shower. <laughs> what i go back i'm like up oh, for dirty again we're going it, back threw it all off yep. yep can't do it one it's just because one time i was in a shower at a hotel and there was like some kind of substance on the curtain that i had guesses about what it might be but decided not to ask any questions and since then i just if i touch any hotel shower curtain i'm like restart the shower yeah yeah i mean like you're talking like 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 mildew or are you talking like bob it looks like some from somebody i mean i think uh, i would i would cross my fingers that it was mildew i, I hope yeah mildew would have been a welcome uh clear you know i i want it to be mold and not 
mark. I'm gonna tell. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you something. Someone mark their territory. My, my favorite. My favorite thing in hotels now is to like convince myself. Like this is my favorite game. Whenever you stay in like a questionable hotel, you convince yourself that whatever the thing is is that it was part of a cleaning process from a you're like oh what's that uh what's that marking on the carpet you're like oh no that's just where they make they were like shampooing the carpet and it probably and the cleaning product just dried weird that makes sense yeah yeah because you're like there's no you know they wouldn't just you can justify anything. Yeah, exactly. like that, that right. brown smudge on your pillow. That's because they spilled Febreze. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's an, it's a new Febreze too. It's like a it's like an extra strength Febreze. That makes sense. Okay, yeah. cool. That's great. Yeah, and this cigarette smell that is lingering in the air is probably from. That's a tough one. What do you think? If you go to if you if you give if you have a mattress with a burn mark on it, it's because they have that uh, gun that that shoots the uh, like the the air in it. Yeah, that oh, to makes make it, it more comfortable. Yeah, no, no, no. To 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 clear out all the if there's any bacteria in the mattress, it has to like burn through. But the thing gets so hot that it burns a hole in the mattress. So okay. it's like, you oh, know, that makes sense. That's the yeah. smoke. Yeah. yeah, man, you just gotta you gotta give it up to the technology advances for that, sure. That and hotel yeah. cleaning is nicotine kills bed bugs. So yeah, you're actually safer if you smell that. Smart. Yeah, yeah. the bed bugs get addicted <laughs> to nicotine and die. Yeah. Uh, okay, accommodations are good. How have the shows been? How, yeah. how are uh, Andrew's shows? The first show was was. Uh, we were at Nofo Brewery last night yeah. for two shows. Yeah, Justin headlined both of them. Oh yeah, well I, yeah. Sometimes I do that. Sometimes yeah. I sometimes, yeah. sometimes I'm the face on the front of the poster. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, it was it was very good. I was very impressed for a brewery kind of being out in the middle of nowhere. How nice it was. Um, again. I don't know what it is about Atlanta, but the bathroom scene is lit here. Like, it's just, it was so good. Like, I went in there, and it was just, you have a nice locked door. You have, like, a, your own space. You're like, if I if this was in, in New York, I would pay 1400 a month to live in this bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it was very nice. Is It's one of the ones where uh, men and women use the same sinks, right? Yeah. The same, the same everything. It's a bunch of individual stalls, like like eight of them. That are all just it's like kind of like your own little room, and yeah. then there's a one sink area where everybody can can wash their hands together like the Lord intended. I must say, I, is it, it makes me feel immature, but I'm always like, well, there's a lady here, yeah. and I just like yeah. did something in the bathroom, you know. It's very rare that women wash us watch us wash our hands, so it's right. kind of like I guess this is fine. <laughs> well, I think I think it's kind of a weird thing that you think that women don't do those things that you're doing also. That's a good point. It's like women eat fajitas also. You know <laughs> that's that? True. Like they, they don't stay in there. They love it. They love the noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of there's the fajitas. A painted duck in Atlanta, like the nice bowling alley. Yeah. They have those, but it's like men's and women's. You know, normally yeah. they're, they're mirrored, you know, just like mm-hmm. layouts. Oh, and you'd yeah. have glass. And so you'd, but you're looking at the same mirror, but there's just no glass. So you're face to face with someone washing hands. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like a horror movie where the thing in the mirror isn't you. <laughs> exactly. and it's just a lady washing her hands like oh i thought this would be a mirror but it's just like and it looks like it'd be a mirror because it's a mirrored bathroom on the other side so it looks like it. Would yeah be it's a, it's yeah. wild i hate it um okay so the bathrooms at nofo fantastic well, fantastic well here's the thing is i went into the listen i'm at the point in my life now where um if i see a family bathroom that is my bathroom that's where i'm gonna go so the little bathrooms are just a a, a commode and uh, like a like a private room, but the family bathrooms have a sink in it. They got like a, a coat hook, uh-huh. and so it's like it's almost like it's like, hey, you know what? 
take your coat off, stay a while. And you're like, yeah. oh, this is like this is like a whole vibe in here. Yeah. They have a little table you can There's unfold. There's art on the wall. You're like, oh my god, like I'm gonna like I'm gonna really enjoy myself here. I'm gonna start a family. I'm telling you, I'm gonna start a family just to use that bathroom. Yeah, just to I've, be eligible. I've done that before a few times. I get it. It's luxurious. You know, it's like it's like a pregnant woman. You're like, it's fine. You're eating for two. Yeah. But there's like, I got to go to the bathroom for a family. <laughs> yeah. And here's I the other I have a family amount I need to <laughs> drop off. Well, here's the here's the thing that is always uh, crazy whenever they have the family bathroom or they have uh, the handicap bathroom um, where you're like, uh, which I've since like I used to be because I work I've worked with special needs people my whole life. And I've always been like I when I was younger, I was like so aggressive about. Don't you don't like an able-bodied person? Don't you dare take that handicap! Like like I'd get mad about it. I'm like your legs, like you know, be like you look like you're working just fine or whatever. And then for whatever reason, the stalls have just gotten smaller and smaller. And you're like, all right, so I'm gonna go where there's more the wide room, you know? Like I like when I I'm when I'm on a flight, I get pre-board. So I'm like, I feel like that kind of puts me in that need more room category, you know? You get and pre-board so, not because of your status, but because you can just go? No, no, no. I get pre-board because I'm a, 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 my size. Oh, so, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, yeah, So, Well, it's a kind of a it's kind of a hush-hush secret, but on Southwest, I, 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 I can't even believe I'm putting this out into the world, <laughs> um, but uh, because I'm a big dude, uh, they give me an extra seat on a flight for free. So wow. I go, I go up, and uh, most of them know about it's it. It's like a companion pass, but it's just for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're like they're like, hey, and they. It's funny when somebody's new at Southwest, they don't know how to like be like, because I walk up and they know clearly I qualify, uh, and they they go, hey, would you? And I go like an extra seat, and they go because they they used to have a cute name for it. They used to call it a comfort upgrade, uh-huh. and uh, but really it's just so that my. Uh, my folds aren't laying on somebody's forearm. It's, it's really not, all. It's it not is. really for you. It's it for, is for me, but it's, it's also for <laughs> other customers. Where it's like, hey, y'all paid an equal amount. We want everybody to have like a pleasant experience. Um. So, but I do. I do try to like. I take it with grace, uh, which is not a phrase I've said very often lately. Uh. But I do like so because I have an extra seat, I can sit anywhere on the flight that I want to. I mean, I could sit in the coveted like first row. I could sit up front, but because like they're hooking me up and giving me the middle seat, I always sit in the back of the plane because it's like the last place anybody wants to sit. So I'm like, I'm kind of like, hey, you're helping me out. This is a seat that nobody wants. I'm going to sit in the back of the plane and it helps you guys out too because nobody's fighting over that like last seat. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, and I don't mind being the last person off a plane. It's fine. Like, you know, it's like, whatever. Right. It's an extra 15 minutes. It's all right. What a a good guy. I try. I try. I I really do. I try. You're going to miss a connection one of these days, but very good guy. Well, I mean, first of all, I fly Southwest. So they don't, I mean, the connections are, I've never missed a Southwest flight ever. Like connecting wise. Like I've always, I've always made it work. All right, that feels like a great advertisement for Southwest. It really does. I'm but, I'm a big Delta guy now. Yeah, um, I was Southwest for a few years. It brought out the worst in me. Yeah, the, the board, the boarding, the boarding process. and uh, I would act. I would, I'm always I sit on the the wall. No, the yeah, window you sit seat. on the wall. That's yeah, I sit on the wall. Yeah. I like a wall seat. Yeah, like what a, a <laughs> what a what a great travel over here. I sit next to the wall. The wall. <laughs> yeah, and I would like you lean over hard 
to try to like if there's going to be an empty spot, I I want it to be this one. So I don't want people to pick it. You make that seat look as undesirable as possible. There's a couple times I flew hungover and I got out the barf bag. I wasn't going to barf, <laughs> but I wanted people to think I might. The things you can do. Yeah, you just try to like if people are looking over like because you know it gets to just middle seats at the end, so people right. just got to pick and choose. I want to make sure it's not mine. Yeah. And then I was like, I feel bad about doing this and switch to Delta. I'm sure there's some strategies you could use to make your seat less and less desirable. Barf bag is a good one. You could wear like a Nazi hat or something. Yeah, or everyone who starts you, you're not vaccinated, are you? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. But the problem is, is that by deterring normal people, you're going to attract the worst kind. That's true. If somebody really is like wants to sit next to the Nazi guy, yeah, that's I worse. love the smell of vomit. That's like yeah. a that's like a mosquito <laughs> light. I'm Just, right. I'm right there with you, brother. I throw up every flight too. Which is yeah. like, oh well, this backfires. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Either way, I'm glad to be on Delta. Out of there. Out of there. Yeah. Every time somebody sits down, just say, like, you're not ticklish, are you? Just say <laughs> something that'll just be like, I think I should move. Seems yeah. like this guy might tickle me when I fall asleep. <laughs> oh, I do. You mentioned it before we started recording, but brewery shows. Yeah. How do you feel about them? Um, I do. I like them uh, because, well, the, first of all, the show is never, ever, like, set up ideally. Where, like, when you... Every time I've ever walked into a brewery show, you look at the, the, the situation and it feels like a nightmare. Like the show last night was a, an exa- like an exemption because it was in a, its own room. In a private room, yeah. But every time I've walked into a brewery show, uh, they're always just like, you're like, oh, this is going to be a nightmare. It's like metal paneling and there's no spotlight. There's no lighting control. There's no volume control. Like, like everything is like, it's a nightmare scenario. The the only good, the saving grace of it is that the people there are used to consuming art in an, like odd ways, so they enjoy it and they're into it. Uh, but I'll say this: uh, brewery people are not people that I like hanging out with <laughs> at all. Yeah, like they're like any anything other than out. They're like a. Like if they're like, hey, we're gonna do a comedy show. They're great audiences. They love to listen. They have a good sense of humor. Um, but it's like, hey, you want to play cornhole with me? I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> you want to overlap in the cornhole brewery communities? Yeah. I mean, it's just the people. Like, and the, again, sweet people. I love that you have a thing. I have things. You know, like I like to smoke cigars. I like. To, I have. I have my things. Um, but nothing about being a brewery, like none of them overlap. Yeah. So it's like, we've nothing, I've never walked into a brewery and heard hip hop ever. Do you understand? Like, it's not, I'm not, you're not going to, you know, you don't have the new Kodak black plane. So I'm not, we're not connecting Uh on any other realm. Uh, so, but it's like, this whole thing is like, oh, it's like, not. it's like, it's like fun. Um, it's like a fun thing that we're, um, sorry. Oh no, you're great. Somebody, uh, somebody's. I, it's the worst thing. I don't know why I put the my Apple watch, watch on. Does it vibrate? Yeah. I can't get one. I feel like if my wrist vibrated, it would freak me out every single just right time. right on your pulse? Yeah, just right <laughs> on your pulse. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I will say, for the brewery stuff, I feel like there's a big difference between like a city brewery and then one that's like out there. Because like NoFo, for example, there's no other bars really around there. So it's not beer snob people. It is people that want to go hang out somewhere. And they treat it like they would like a neighborhood establishment more than like let's go see if we can taste the notes of these different craft beers so i like the right. sh- i like brewery shows i typically like the ones that are further out but um but if you, go, if you go far enough rule. out in certain directions it's it makes it more of this a certain kind of demographic 
Certainly, yes. You know, it might be their only like option to go hang. I mean, at. what are you guys possibly talking about right now? <laughs> yeah. I, I can have no clue. Maybe just you, so you, white and conservative. <laughs> the most white crowd. There were. It was a hundred percent white people both shows last night. Yeah. So that's how far north we were. Yeah. Um, which is which is quite a feat considering the city that we're next to. Yeah, like, like Justin I mean, came to do shows in Atlanta, expecting something very different than the shows that I'm providing him in coming in Woodstock. <laughs> I mean, it is it's so crazy. You're like, oh, this is like one of the, this is like literally one of the coolest black cities on the planet, and you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's we're, just we're it's gonna like go a, out there, man. I mean, it's like they should have a Dukes of Hazard car packed, parked out front. I mean, it's bananas. That's the vibe. That's the vibe. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot, but um. Oh, let's get to our advertisements. We already did a Southwest ad, Justin. Uh, as our guest, we'd love it if you would read yeah, an absolutely. advertisement. And we for also us. love uh, you know, we love new sponsors, but also really appreciate recurring sponsors and kind of long term. Yeah. Yeah, this is one. Of, this is one we've had sponsored before, and yeah. it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a new board game. Gotcha. Okay. So just read it like how you just try to sell it because our advertisers sometimes they're like you guys aren't selling it enough. Okay. All right. So, we'll like, really try to sell it. Yeah, please. You're going to see Oklahoma education at its finest right here. <laughs> uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Bop It, uh, Morally Tough Edition. Uh, everyone loves the classic children's game Bop It, but this summer we've made it a bit harder. Uh, will you aggressively bop a two week old puppy? Will you pull it? Will, <laughs> when it? When it is Betty White's cane? I don't think I'm reading this correctly. Uh, Will you twist it uh, when it is the pin of the grenade heading towards an orphanage? Is it? It's, it's morally tough. Uh, listen, I'm gonna tell you something. I can tell this is like a bit that y'all do, <laughs> but I'm still just having so much like a hard time reading it. It's just you're like, I like you're like, hey guys, can I get another take with this? Can I get another take? They're always uh, so weird and hard to get through. Yeah. Uh, Hold on. It's it's find out if you and your family play Bop It morally tough. The prompts uh, update per player based on your worst fears. Uh, maybe I have a hard time bopping my grandmother's bad knee uh, that has never felt fully healed since the Great War. Maybe you don't want to pull the plug on your Aunt Trisha. It's tough. Um <laughs> Also, I don't do well with punctuation too. Where clearly there's an exclamation point. It's like, oh, like I read an exclamation point, and I'm like, man, I should have really gone after that. Like, it's tough. I feel like an exclamation point should go at the front. And be like, hey, you need to put some mustard That's a on good this point. one. It's like uh, in like Spanish. Yeah, yeah. they yeah, let yeah. you know up front. Yeah, the vibe. Yeah. Uh, that's a oh, that's a thing. remind me of that later. Uh, this week only listeners of No Worries, if not, uh, can get twenty percent off. Bop it, morally tough. With the code Justin Big Boy Strong and Smart LOL. Uh, oh, I forgot I didn't say the dashes in there. Um, I wish I sure wish I could have gotten a better code than that. Uh, That's get, crazy. Get that we get did to that. bopping cowards! <laughs> Exclamation point! It's so funny. Exclamation we point! Cowards! We originally did that to our last guest, Justin. Or did you change Jackie, it? It was Jackie. Oh, it was Jackie. Yeah, okay, never mind. <laughs> Thank you. I hope Hasbro is happy with that yeah, delivery, yeah. I but think, I think I you think, did a good job. I think they will. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to get like the major ad reads, but I think, like, I don't think I'll get national, but local maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Also, do you yeah. think that's a board game? You ever played Bop It? I guess it's not a board it's game. It's not a board game. No, it's a handheld um, thing. It's a what would you call it? What kind of game? A, a child's game. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, although I feel like adults enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. We do that. Uh, we write ads for each other usually. Um, the worst one for me was. It was. Uh, I mean, you should let him read it. This okay. 
Okay. Oh, you want me to read some more? Yeah. Last one. Last one. I can feel the numbers of this episode just going (laughs) down as I like. I can feel people turning. That listen. I know you're gonna want to turn it off when I when you hear me read. Okay. I'm 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 talking to listeners right now. Not that I'm I haven't been, but I'm like really am now. Listen. Yeah. Just give this one your your just you don't do the whole thing. Hearing me painfully read, I understand how bad it is. It's like it's already so much. My voice is nasally. I understand. But just these two guys, you love these guys. You love you love Andrew and you love Aaron. So just keep <laughs> listening. Just I know. Just hit the fifteen second Here, thing. Just just really do this Here with gusto. Don't read it ahead of time. Really? Just go. I, I didn't read the first one. You got it. <laughs> like it's uh, I'm a I'm a no no <laughs> no not a chance. We got Aaron. not a chance. He got me so one. good. I was just like, all right, fine. I'm a petophile. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, no, no, no. no. Uh, Meaning like, that I love pets. Mm-hmm. Many people, however, <laughs> all right, we'll skip the rest yeah, of the ads the for this one. episode. That was an all timer for sure. Um, sorry about that. No, uh, but you know, I, we got to pay the bills somehow. I, I'm telling you, you got to pay the bills by canceling people. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a bathroom connoisseur, that it seems like you are. For I want to hear your take on one tour bus bathroom situations because you're on tour with Nate Bargatze all the time and also you lived in New York City for a long time yeah not known for their large accommodating room um yeah I would say uh you kind of learn I I think it's more I I learned how to like uh train my body to use you learn how when you're on tour you're like all right this I have a good bathroom for five hours so I like need at to, the venue or something, right? Or at a ho- if you get a hotel yeah, or whatever, yeah. you go. All right, I got a good bathroom for five hours. So you're like, this is the this is the time. So you kind of learn how to like make yourself like, all right, I'm gonna do this, and then I and then also it's like what not to eat. You're like, all right, I I'm not gonna eat a cheesesteak on Friday <laughs> because uh, my access does not green light until Saturday. So. It's kind of like it's like on that area, but like, and even in New York, it was not that crazy because you're just like, you just don't care. Like in New York, you're literally like, all right, if I if I have to if I have to use a bathroom, then we're just gonna make it work. We'll make it work and we'll deal with it after. You know, like we'll deal with what we have to do with after. But like right yeah. now, it's like the most important thing is not having to change pants in the middle of the day. That's the most <laughs> important thing. And then everything else is secondary. I can figure everything else out pretty well after that. But the most important thing is, hey, just don't make it to where I'm like, well, today's over at 2 <laughs> today's o'clock. Today's over. <laughs> yeah, I, I lived in New York for a couple of years. And, yeah, I realized everyone is in survival mode. Mm. And so yeah. that, that's a, you know, it's like, yep, I've, as you know, if you see an empty train car, that looks good. Yeah. You're like, hey, there's room. Don't go on it. Someone pooped there. <laughs> but you walk on, you're like, I get that. Like it, it happens. You're you're out walking about, taking the subway. Do people have to survive? I'm gonna tell you yeah. something. The nicest New Yorkers will ever be if you're on the stinky train car, and because normally what happens is is you you get on, the doors close, you realize you've made a mistake because mm-hmm. it takes a good second and a half. Yeah, register to kind of get to you. Because here's the thing: when the doors open, it airs the car out. <laughs> It kind of, it's like a little, it's a, it's, it's not, it, it does, it's like a bandit on a broken leg. You walk in and also outside, it doesn't smell great. It smells like ore. It smells like they're yeah. cooking something. The base smell is they're, not yeah. great to begin with. So you're, you're like, all right, I'm already going in here. And the air conditioning kind of like keeps it down. Like if you ever had something that's like expired in the fridge, you're like, you don't really smell it until it like really gets to you. So 
you you walk in and you have like the smell from the outside. You're kind of like bringing that in with you, and then when the door's shut, you know, then it then the inside's like, all right, now we got control again. <laughs> and so you're like, oh, this is a lot. And then you gotta go. Then you gotta do this little math equation where you're like, you're weighing how many stops you have yeah. versus how badly you want a seat. Because the other thing that they don't tell you is that when uh, you have the empty car. That means the car on either side of it is crammed full. Yeah. Because everybody's pushed into those things. But the nicest a New Yorker will ever be is when you're in that when you're on that stinky car and you're waiting for the door and you've decided you're going to go to the next car, and the the train's slowing so you can see the people's faces and you lock eyes with somebody that's clearly a New Yorker and you look at them and you just go. Yeah. And they go and they'll go they'll go. Thank you. And then they'll go away. They'll they'll wave, they'll thank you so much, and you're like, I made a difference today. Because yeah. like, they all understand. It's like letting somebody know, hey, there's a cop up there, flash your lights. A hundred percent. It's exactly it. right. It's that's the New York version. It's yeah. like, hey, a homeless no person driving, pooped that's in that New version, York. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. <laughs> it's also it's also like normally you you can see the person. Because that person's like in the middle of the car. He's got like they always have like a John Wick like look on their face. Like looking down at like nothing, you know, <laughs> but sometimes they're laying down and laying down. He's like, you can't really see him. So you're like, I don't know what's going on. Maybe this is like a it. stinky person you're talking about. Yeah. 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 yeah it's either yeah. that or someone left a deposit and you can't see it. So you're like, oh, it's, no one's there. And that you just have to learn the hard way. Yeah. You know, or the worst one is like the, if you ever gotten the river, the river of like it, a, a, a mystery liquid starts at one end and they break. Mm. And if you go like, if you're on like in Brooklyn or Queens when the Some you get slopes. an elevated track and then all of a sudden you just uh, want you yeah. the the run the run of the of the mystery liquid and you just got to do that little feet lift and you're like all right I hope it dries before I got to put my feet back down yeah, yeah. greatest city on earth <laughs> I mean it's it's there's so but many there's am- something amazing about it still, there's right? so many amazing things about it but it's also like I always tell people I go it has you have to uh, it, it has to be something that you love about it. You can't just go there because it's like, oh, it's a fun story to tell people. It's not fun. It's it's only fun if you're doing something amazing. Like, uh, I mean, if you're doing like video work or you're you're doing photography or you're you're wanting to consume unique culture, then that's absolutely a place you go. For me, it was comedy. Like every night, literally, I was I was in places where comics were uh, breaking ground and trying new stuff and. You could literally see the best comics in the world for the next generations forming um, and becoming who they were. And that was always exciting to me because it's like I'm looking at comics. And it's funny now. We were talking in the car of comics that I the, that I started with in New York. And now they're all very well-known comics. I mean, uh, Caitlin Palufo just did her like eighth or ninth uh, late night set. Uh, Ian Laura just did a, a HBO special. Um, these are all dudes that I started with. Uh, my buddy Jordan Fisher has written uh, for the Tonight Show. You're, and these are all dudes that you started in a basement with with four minutes, and you're like, oh my gosh, is this funny? Yeah. Is anybody gonna come to this? Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, dude, nothing. Nobody's coming to anything. You're yeah. like, you're you're in a basement filled with people that are so bad. Yeah. And you're like, dude, are we ever gonna not be doing this? And then now we're all on our own little paths. They couldn't be further apart. Um, but it's, I mean. It's kind. It's kind of crazy how it's like, but it's great being in that city because that's the thing that drives you. But if you're just there 
because you saw Sex in the City or whatever. <laughs> You're like, what are you doing here? Get out of this. What are you? It's insane to be here. Go have a backyard. Yeah, yeah. Like, go be a normal person. You need to have a reason to be there, or it's like, what are you... Yeah, you either have to be there, or it's like generational, and right. you're fifth generation in Queens, and it's like, yeah. everybody's there. You're 40 it and don't know how to drive every, or Everything is so much harder, you yeah. know? Like, groceries, you just carry them three blocks. I remember seeing people, like, walk down the subway steps and, with strollers, and I'm like, go to yeah. Connecticut. Yeah. This yeah. is so hard. Albany, Or something. get a backpack. Yeah. Like, why, why do you have a yeah. stroller? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, we met in New York City. Yeah, we met. We had like we, a meet cute. Oh my gosh, it was so great. It was like a. It really was like a rom com. It's crazy. Yeah, dude. Have I told take you that, bros. <laughs> You're at a farmer's market. <laughs> We're the bros. <laughs> yeah, You're the bros. Um, Bump into each other. You spill your groceries. I was in town doing. I can't remember what I was. I was either in town. There's two New York trips that I did right after just for laughs. One of them was to do like a soft audition for Saturday Night Live, which clearly went really well. Mm. Um, that was a super soft audition. Yeah, it was pretty soft. Uh, <laughs> and then the other one was uh, a showcase for Disney Cruises, which I also did not turn into anything, but two really fun trips in New York. Right. And so I would try to build a bunch of shows around that and stay a few extra days and stay with friends. And so one of the shows that I got put on was at Old Man Hustle. Yeah. It's the name of the bar. And when I call it a bar... That is all that is in the building. Is It's so small. It's yeah. like a super narrow room. There's just enough room for a bar that just goes like vertically and then like a little path behind it. So basically there's room for like 12 people to sit at this bar and then, then there's a tiny stage and that's the whole place. I mean, the toughest stage I had to get to in New York was that. <laughs> like, because I literally, like before, like here's the thing. Cause, like he wasn't lying. Like it's a, it's a bar and then there's a walkway that like, even like Andrew, because Andrew's a very skinny dude, like him walking like shoulder facing the stage is like borderline impossible. Like it's like a thing where it's like, Oh, like you're, you're, um, you're like, it's like you're bumping people going like this. So I have to turn sideways. Like I have to go through a lot of things sideways. <laughs> I go, I don't get to go through things conventionally. That's another reason. That's another, how great your shower is. I got to walk in straight. You're like, Oh man, this is like, I'm like a King. Uh, I'm gonna put that if we ever sell this place, I'm gonna put that on the listing. It's like showers, you do not have to turn sideways. Yeah, it's yeah. a straight walk-in shower. It's a straight walk-in shower. <laughs> just, a, just, just, you just take Polaroids of me walking all the places and be like, just thumbs up <laughs> on the, Zil- the Zillow listing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when I would have to go to the stage, I'd have to walk sideways, and my belly would just rub up against the back of every, per- you every know what person. Every like? person that you needed to like you in I like mean, three minutes. They all, every person hated me before i even walked on stage because i was that you know like when you like get bumped by somebody and you're like oh like a, like I don't, I don't like that person and that person's gonna make you laugh after that yeah yeah like, give your attention to them oh so bad but i was booked on the show and then they were like whoever was running it said we have a special guest justin smith is dropping in and i was like who's justin smith and then you went on stage and were very good and i was like oh that's awesome and then I was leaving, and you were still hanging out under like the stoop. There's like a little porch outside, right. and you had a cigar. Yeah. And I don't remember what I said. I was like, "Oh, dude, nice. What are you smoking or something?" And you were like, "You like cigars?" And yeah. then we were like, we hung out for like an hour and a half on that stoop having cigars. Well, I get because well, normally when you, especially in New York, uh, the, the 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 thing that people say about when you smoke cigars, I was like, "Oh, it smells nice" or whatever. And it's like they're not cigar people. So it becomes like you're forced to have a conversation with somebody that doesn't know anything about what they're talking about. And that's the worst kind of conversation to have. 
It's like, if you want to have a conversation, let's talk about something that you know about so one of us can learn something or we can have a, like, but you talking about something you don't know about is the most annoying thing to me. And so I get that conversation of, oh, what are you smoking? And it's like, you don't know anything about cigars. So already I'm hostile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a ho- you started a hostile conversation. Yeah. And uh, maybe it's something I should work on, but I don't think so. <laughs> no, I think dude. I'm just going to keep going. I assume the worst in people. But I, uh, I said what it was, and I was just kind of very dismissive. Um, and then I was like, I was like, do you do you smoke cigars? And and Andrew was like, oh well, I know this brand. He started talking about brands, and I was like, oh, like he like knows. And I was like, it's it's very nice. And so then we started talking about cigars. And I think, did we have one? Yeah, we did. Yeah. You gave me one, man. Yeah. That was how we bonded our friendship. Yeah. And uh, well, I didn't know if we were, I didn't know if we could talk about it on the thing. I really, I was oh, like, the people been... know that I did dabble in cigars from now. Yeah. My mom doesn't love it, but. Yeah. But it's like. You know, Breaking news, everybody. I have a vice. <laughs> I don't know. You always like, uh, you, you always, when you come on somebody's podcast, you always like, I, you don't realize, especially if you don't talk a lot about what the podcast is beforehand. You're always like, you don't ever know, like, oh, like, I know you like this, but do they know you yeah. like this? <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like trying to be like, all right, I'm going to look, I'm going to, all right, he'll see how, is he, <laughs> I appreciate is he, it. is he giving me like the, no, no, no. Yeah. And Andrew's an interesting case because does a lot of churches, you know? Yeah. yeah. But he's a, a off, off stage at church. He's a bad guy. Bad boy. I'm, yeah, a, yeah. I'm a disaster. A lot of crap. I mean, you I don't should know if see you... me in the church parking lots. Can I just tell you <laughs> the thing that I just realized? It was like I was trying to be so graceful with uh, the the cigar talk, and literally you were going to make me read an ad that declared that I'm a pedophile. <laughs> Pet, no, 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 no. Pet-ophile. That's what I just meaning said. Meaning that you love pets. I just, that's what I just said. <laughs> okay, good. Did you, did, did I say... you said it faster. Did I mean, say it yeah, weird? It's a word. You said it fast. I just want to clarify that. Yeah, that's uh, right. That's right. It's like, we're, we're pedophiles. Gonna, we're we're going to clip that. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's why we got Me and Andrew. Today. Me yeah, and Andrew you together. Say, you said weird, yeah. which now I can't clip it, because that loops us in. <laughs> we are. We got a little guy under the table right now. <laughs> Ozzy. Yeah, got it. Our pet. Um... I don't know where to go from there, but, but I yeah. think I think it's like a it's a that's a that was a bonding experience that we had. Yeah, the next I, time I came to New York, we hung out again, and then you moved to Nashville, and now see you every time I'm there. Yeah, it's a blast, and I love coming here. I love and like and I will say this like that Andrew is a fantastic comedian. Like even from when I saw him that night, every time that I've seen him since, it, he always gets better, and that's the one thing that I like. And I always see him do doing different stuff. Yeah, too, because for one. Um, being a clean comic is, and this is something that I'm new to. Uh, also, you switched with, to clean, within, yeah, yeah, to like the last like year and a half, I would say, because that's like it's like I would say it's a year process. Well, yeah, you gotta t- you gotta stop telling a bunch of stuff or change everything. Like you can't just flip that switch. Well, for it's, sure. I don't think it's even just the material because like the whole idea is like oh, just writing, but like it's the way you see the world. Mm-hmm. Like you have to change the way your brain looks at things and you take in information and then you kind of put your humorous spin on it. Like you have to change kind of the way that you look at stuff. Sorry. I didn't no, you're great. I was, uh, 
Uh, yeah. What went into that decision of saying, I'm not, I'm going to focus on doing clean now. Is it because you were getting opportunities to do shows where you had to be that way? Or was it something that you just genuinely wanted to start doing? Um, well, in a, on a non funny tip, because uh, this is, is kind of like a more like not sad, but you're like, um, I watched uh, what happened. Uh, so during uh, recent times on the internet, uh, my, my grandma does not know that the internet's not real. That she doesn't understand that it's not like it's like people that are talking. So like it's not it's not real. So she doesn't. She thinks that everybody that's saying stuff on the internet that's exactly who they are and what they feel. Yeah. She doesn't understand all the like little nuances and stuff, and she doesn't understand like like even my dad doesn't understand that it's like he follows like these really like right wing dudes on the on YouTube, and he's always like they're they're going to destroy all this stuff. They're going to do all these things. And I go, Dad, the, you watch this guy every week. And every week, uh, does he ever just have a show where there's not an emergency? Yeah, that's a great question. Does he Does he ever? Is he ever just like, you know what, guys? This is going not the way that I would like. Uh, but you know what? It'll be okay. No, no, no. It's We need to do something right now or the world is going to end. And guess what? He's been on the air for 10 years. Nothing has gone the way that he wants it to go. And we're all still here. Mm-hmm, okay? So yeah. it's like a... It's like maybe you need to understand that he's trying to sell you something. He's trying to sell you his whatever thing that he's doing. And my grandma, I watched my grandma change um, because of people like this, where it's like they're using all these different mechanisms to manipulate feelings. And there are people that don't understand those things, and it changes them. Like you're, you're selling ads, you're getting clicks, you're getting views, all these things. But there are people that I know that are they're amazing people. My grandmother is a great woman. Uh, from her like fifties to her like late sixties, she changed as a like she continued to evolve as a person. Which when you're older, that doesn't happen. She you know she became uh, a lot more kind of open minded and accepting of different things. And then when this thing happened, uh, when this kind of culture kind of took over and mm-hmm. kind of dripped into politics. Um, and that kind of, and she was a Facebooker, so yeah, right. Uh, that's that's it was like their worst time, but it changed who she was. Like I noticed that we didn't talk as much. We didn't talk about uh, fun things anymore. She didn't have me over as much as she used to, and I, it bothered me very much because she was somebody early on in my comedy career that I would sit at a table with her, and her our views and stuff were very different. But it was always like I could sit and talk to her. And if I could make her laugh, I knew it would work on stage. Yeah. Well. And so um, she changed. And I just, I was like, I don't want to make comedy that turns people into s- something like that. Like I can do all this stuff because I used to talk a lot about uh, race and stuff like that. And um, I tried to make fun things where it's like, but it's like, because I, I lived, also lived in uh, Washington Heights. So I lived in a Dominican neighborhood. So a lot of my stuff was like was about being a white guy in a non-white world. And I enjoyed it very much. I loved it and I loved the people there, but it was like I feel like I was kind of like poking a bear and I moved to clean comedy because it was like I did not want to create a division anymore. I wanted to to be a thing that people could, they it could truly be an escape. Because comedy is supposed to be an escape. It shouldn't be something that changes you into being, you know, like it shouldn't change your personality. It should make you better, not worse. And so I literally decided I was like, um, I watched 
uh, what Nate was doing, and I would watch his shows, and literally, I'd and this is Nate Bargatze, by the way. Yeah, um, yeah, we should have said this. Uh, Justin's on tour with Nate. Yeah, and so I would I would go to his shows, and I would see, uh, it would, and it happened so many times. It would be uh, a daughter, a mother. And a grandmother, and they're all three generations sitting at the same table, and they're all laughing at the same thing. Nate is hip enough and fun enough for the daughter. Um, he's you know kind of like uh, relevant enough and uh, like worldly to appeal to the mother, and he's such an old soul at the mm-hmm. same time for the grandmother. And it's a thing where everybody can do that. And it's like, you know what? If you can really do that, then that's something that's really different. And that's what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be somebody that can be an escape. Because this world is just filled with people that are just trying to manipulate your emotions. And if I could just find a way to do it and like let people get away from all the garbage that's everywhere. I was like, that's what I wanted. That's why I got into doing this in the first place. I wanted to be... I wanted to be an escape for people, and that's why I made the switch. And it's a like I said, there was no punchlines in that whatsoever. No, that was, uh, that that was beautiful. Was, that makes me want to be cleaner than I am. Well, need some work. <laughs> need to clean up. No, the, dude, clean up great... the ads, my friend. Well, Andrew, I like how you're like. You just get some opportunities. It was like a money thing. You just switch. Yeah, was it just because of opportunity? <laughs> just selfish, like usual for me. Uh, no, dude, that's incredible. That's such a good reason, and it's such a big risk. Because when you make that decision, you don't have the clean material, right? You're like, well, I got to build something new, and I got to kind of say no to the stuff that I've done before. So, it's brave and cool, man. Oh, thank you, man. It's, it, I mean, I it it does not it does not feel brave. It feels like I'm scrambling all the time, <laughs> always. Uh, because I always, even when I do certain things, like I I have a I'm, I'm about to put a special out very soon. Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, yeah, yeah, well, it's it's a special. It's coming out. It'll be on YouTube. Uh, you have a name? What's the name? Uh, it's uh, Coronation. Coronation, Justin Smith. And uh, it's well, the, I picked the name Coronation because uh, I loved the idea of because uh, a coronation, for, especially in royalty, is a point where uh, who you were destined to be and who you become like intersect. So it's like if you're if you're a, a prince or a princess, a coronation is the moment where your whole life you were destined to be a king or queen. It's the moment that who you were supposed to be becomes. And I was like, that's that kind of feels perfect for this whole special because it's a clean special and it's uh it's kind of like I feel like I come to my own like I finally found my voice and I talk about where I grew up. Uh, I talk about kind of uh, my evolution and kind of just being okay with who I am because as a comic, I did not uh, I did not go that we talked about this today at brunch, but uh, like I did not become like I became the comic that I wanted to be. I achieved my goals because my goals were always to be a dope comic that people that I love comics that I loved and respected, they respected me, they thought I was dope. like that was the that was always the goal. And I always thought that that avenue, was getting a Comedy Central half hour, mm-hmm. getting JFL, getting all these things. And I have not gotten one of those things. Not a single one. I have, To this day, I have not been on a JFL audition, which is insane <laughs> because I know the people that have gotten them. And I'm just like, what? You want to look at me like, what am I not doing? How do yeah, I say this? Yeah, How I do I say this in French? So and you guys Andrew's can... got all this stuff hanging on I mean, the wall. He's, yeah, he's sorry to have so much memorabilia from that. <laughs> but to me, it's like, it, it's okay because I, I, I think about all the people that respect me. Um, 
as a comic and a performer and I go, that's all I've ever wanted. Well, that means a lot more when, when comedians you respect tell you or show you that they like what you're doing more than industry who, you know, they couldn't do this if they right. tried. Um, and they have a lot of the power, but they're not the ones that deep down we actually care about whether we like that they can give us opportunities, but a comedian complimenting you always means more. Oh, for sure. Dude, when you were talking about one of my bits at breakfast, yeah. like I, I don't know if I, it was show, but I was like, I was like, oh my God, like I've never had somebody do a bit of mine at in front of me and be like, oh my gosh, this, and then you do this and then you say this line <laughs> and then you're like, and you're like, oh my gosh, like I've done this for other comics so right. many times where yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, you got to hear this Shane Torres bit. Oh my gosh, this Dan Soder thing. Oh my gosh, it's so great. Uh, when You know, when Mike Vecchione says this, that, like you have all these things where you, I've done that and then you doing it to me, I was like, it was like, I got goosebumps, I got goosebumps right now talking about it because like all I've ever wanted to do was be somebody that like, uh, in the hip hop world where you're like, there, there are guys that people don't know as well, but you like you put one of the verses on, and you're like, oh yeah, like I feel like I feel that, <laughs> yeah. And that's like the that's like the because like you'll have guys that everybody knows, like everybody knows Kanye, but not everybody knows J Cole. Mm-hmm. And you're like, when you hear like a J Cole verse, you're like, oh, like that's like a di- that's like a different feel. And uh, to have that happen to me, like you're like, oh, that's that's all that matters. Like that that will get me through the next two weeks. There you go. I did it. I mean, what's bigger than when it comes to that, like being endorsed by comics you love, getting asked to open by yeah, probably my favorite comic, yeah. the best I think doing it, Nate. Yeah, like oh, that, that has to seriously. Yeah. That you know, if you were like a Just for Laughs audition or the best yeah. comic, being like, I want you to open on these shows because and so good. hang out with me all weekend. Yeah, true. Like I mean, I mean, that's a testament to just being a person that's enjoyable to be around when you get asked to go be on a bus with somebody for like. I agree, and I'm, I'm seventy a, hours. I'm gonna I'm tell people something. I don't know how many of your listeners follow and do like go to your comedy, but as far as like being like a comic that's clean and like Christian, like because you're very much you do a lot of churches and stuff like that. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell you, man, there's so many comics in your in their in your universe that are so corny. <laughs> it's so bad. You're just like you don't even you don't even like you, this you don't vibe with this whole like you're not this dude. Cause I grew up like I grew up as like I I want I was gonna be a preacher yeah so it's like I can feel the thing you're doing it's like you're not yeah, you're you know you're what a it looks fraud like. <laughs> you're a fraud and the best thing about Andrew is Andrew's a dude that is really that dude that he is in the church but he's also that same dude in the club and you're one of the few comics that I look at and I go oh like I wish I had a little bit of like that thing that you do oh dude. We're filling each other up, man. I love it. I love it. What a bromance podcast. I appreciate that so much. That's uh, always been my goal is to... And Aaron, you have a nice hat. So that's... Aaron, you're so good, dude. You have so many happy things. uh, Thanks. Keep going. (laughs) Justin doesn't know about them, but they are great. Uh, Oh, man. Should we do another ad? Uh, No. No more ads. make this funny again. Um, I, I am curious about the kind of Oklahoma to New York, like what got you to comedy. Were you bouncing around in other jobs? Did you do the the preacher route for a little bit? Uh, I do. So I I I kind of I followed that rope kind of to the end, and I realized like, oh, this is not the world for me. And what was great was it's kind of like, uh, like we were talking about comics. People in your industry will will kind of tell you whether you belong somewhere or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was kind of going the route of the pastor. Uh, I had a lot of people 
that I like reached out to when I graduated college. He was like, I don't really know if I want to do this. I kind of want to, I kind of wanted to be more of like a motivational speaker mm-hmm. type dude. Um, but again, I did not know how to do that. I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. I just knew that I was like, uh, that I could speak very well and that I knew that I could be funny. Mm-hmm. Cause even when I was like going through preaching classes and stuff, like literally I was, I would focus more, like I would tell stories at the beginning and that was like my whole, that was my intro. That was my way in. And, uh, I got at the end of college, I was like, all right, I got to figure out what I'm going to do. I, and all these people were getting jobs and stuff like that. I didn't know how to do any of this stuff. And nobody will tell you because um, they're trying to get jobs. You know, like it's like a thing where you're like, oh, oh, we're all we're all God's people. We're all servants of God. And until applications go out, then it's like, good <laughs> yeah. luck, buddy. They're all gatekeeping. Uh, pearly gatekeeping. Pearly yeah. gatekeeping. Oh, I love you that. Will. I love <laughs> that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I sent out I, I sent out things to people. I remember this was my last ditch effort. I thought to show people how serious I am about trying to uh, figure out my way. I was like, how do I show somebody that I'm really dedicated to what I'm doing? So I hand wrote a bunch of letters to people I went to college with that were in churches and doing all the things. And I literally wrote these page long things of this is my goal, this is what I want to do, kind of like a putting, out, putting it out into the universe yeah. and and kind of letting people know. Because like something somebody told me was like, you have to let people know what your goals are so that if they want to help you, they can or find their own way to help you. But if you don't know what your goals are and they don't know what your goals are, how can you ever accomplish them? So that was mm-hmm. the thing that I was like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. So I, I hand wrote these letters. I literally sat at a Starbucks one day. I think for like a week straight, and I I wrote out all these letters. I was there for like three or four hours at a time. I write and I sent them all out, and I did not get one response from anybody. And I, they all had my number. I wrote everything down, like all this stuff, and I sent it out to all these people that I knew, people that I had kind of casually met, all these things. And uh, I remember the devastating thing was this dude that I knew uh, for a long time. His name was Craig. Um, and I have no problem saying his name because it was like this was like the most devastating thing, because like I knew this dude for a long time, and I sent him this letter, and I was like, um, dude, I poured my heart out, just kind of figuring out like what I was gonna do, and uh, about three and a half weeks after sending it, um, I've kind of was just doing some follow up because you're like, it's kind of weird that I did not hear anything from any of these people. And I sent a text. I go, hey, man, did you get the letter that I sent to you? And he, and just one one word response, yes, period. And that was maybe the last time I ever talked to him. Whoa. It was you pour your heart out to somebody, and then you just you just get like a, yep, I got it. And then that was it. Ugh. And that was kind of like, yeah, it's kind of scummy, but you're like, that was like the, that was literally like the door just being like, oh, all right, that's is, this is this world is not for me. It's the opposite of being called into ministry, hundred uh, like percent, being unanswered. <laughs> yeah, into ministry. yeah. You, ever, out of you, ministry. Ever, you ever been put on hold in ministry? Uh, yeah, <laughs> like I think this might not be it. Um, well, looking back, happy that no, happened. No, no. It's so great because I, I, I then like four or five months later, I found my way into a comedy club, and. And then I was doing it once once a month, and then I was doing it uh, twice a month, and then once a week, and then twice a week, and then uh, f- you know four or five years later, I'm like, I think I'm gonna take a shot at this because yeah. like it's the only thing that really makes me happy, 
and and then now I'm sitting here with y'all. You made it the big time. No mm-hmm. worries if not. This is it. Yeah. Was your first uh, show in OKC open mic? Uh, yeah. So my first show was at this place called the Speakeasy, and uh, sounds like a place you might have already been going to. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was like a, it was like its own thing, man. But it was a uh, it was like a wild uh, kind of vibe. Cause it was like, uh, I didn't know how to dress. I didn't know who I was. Cause when I was in college, I went through all these like phases of what to wear, what to listen to. And I didn't really know any, any of this stuff. And then, uh, when I decided I was going to take a shot, like going from Oklahoma to New York, it was very, it was the hardest thing was telling. Cause I was like, I was married at the time and to, to literally go home and tell, uh, your partner who you've built this whole life with like we had a house and i had a good job and all this stuff and i was like yeah i want to quit my job and i want to sell this house and i want to go chase my dream in new york and she was you know she was a small town girl from missouri so she was like this is not what i signed up for yeah and uh and I, i'm gonna tell you so you find out real quick like you can you can have good people around you and my ex is like a very good person she was a great person she's a good hang um she she she's a lot of really good things about her and but she was just you find out through life if people really mean that like do or die thing yeah. and you can't you can't just say it in a you can't say it in words you got to find out hmm. that's the hard that's the hardest part about marriage is you you there's no there's no marriage counseling for that there's no marriage counseling for hey uh, I found my calling. I found the thing that I'm good at. Yeah. But it's gonna take a decade of struggling to even kind of carve out anything. Yeah. Quality yeah. of life is gonna go down. And so everything that I can you're comfortable this. with. Yeah. That's out. Yeah. It's all new. Oh man. Yeah. What a leap to I, to be like, because you, when you are starting stand up, I mean, were you you weren't amazing at it yet, right? Like you no. weren't like. So you're going because I well, still had the preacher mode. Because when you're a preacher and you're funny, it's a surprise. Oh yeah. It's not you're, like you're. You don't expect somebody that's going to talk about Leviticus yeah, the bar's low. to have a good punchline. But if he has one in a, in every five minutes, it's amazing. People are always telling me our pastor's hilarious. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we're we're a great audience. We love to laugh. Our pastor's hilarious. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. He's I'm gonna really tell you something. Funny. He's not. He's not hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he makes you laugh twice in an hour. So yeah, that's, I guess that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? He's telling a story that he heard from somebody else. Oh yeah, yeah, guaranteed. <laughs> Um, some of them are funny. It's it always is fun at church shows. A lot of times, if I have like a really good set, then the pastors like coming up after me. They'll try to. They're like, oh, I've got a hot audience, and they'll yeah. try to do one. <laughs> That's so. Fun. I got a hot audience. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, okay, the mic is hot. All right, I'm gonna slip one in before we say goodnight. And it's just like the crowd's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like the show's over. <laughs> yeah, but it's fun. Is your is your would you does your dad ever try to like do like a like a fun like punchy does he ever like run material by like like if he's starting a thing where he's like hey how does, do you think this goes good yeah he i actually do think he's very funny he is very very funny and he yeah. he uh <laughs> he's not cheesy at all um and he's very dry right i probably get some of that from him so a lot of times i like it because one thing i really like about his preaching and the way he tells jokes is that he doesn't do that preacher thing where they like say something then they pause so people can clap right which drives me crazy yeah. when pastors do that. And this one he's only going to ask for. Like, let me hear you. I'm just yeah. like, I hate that so much for probably personal reasons. Um, but he'll do that with jokes too. Like, he'll say something funny, but he won't like pause and be like, let's let everybody process it and laugh. He'll just move on. And then everybody's like, wait, that was hilarious. Yeah, that was great. 
So he's, I don't know where he picked that up, but I've always loved that about him. Do you have different types of preachers that you're like? Because like I always think of like comics. Like there are comics that are like me that I like, but also like I love very obscure. Yeah. Like do you ever do you have preachers that you're like oh like I really like he's not the type that I would normally like but I like I like him. Yeah, it is kind of like stand up where there's different styles and it's not just like I don't just like one type. Right. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's as extreme as it is in stand up because so many pastors mimic themselves after other past which i guess right. it does happen in stand-up too but yeah. there's not like a deadpan pastor really <laughs> you know or like a andy kaufman yeah pastor. there's no the extremes the extremes are not as extreme but um there are definitely some that are way more animated and some that are a little more and i don't think you're like you're not listening to all these sermons all the time right right like it, from all these pastors like, no of course yeah. not no i'm mostly just hearing them introduce me at their volunteer appreciation nights yeah but um but yeah, it's uh, it's always interesting. The different denominations definitely have different vibes as well. What's well, funny because like I'm not a religious dude anymore, but I very much like, I still follow like certain people on Instagram still. Like TD Jakes is like still like one of my like all <laughs> yeah. like dude when he's yeah. like when he gets rolling like there's these clips that he put he puts out and you're like, you're like I understand that he's talking about one thing, but it's like dude he's getting me hyped. Like he's like when he's when the when a big dude starts sweating, you're like, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, bring it, yeah, do it. I, I I met him one time and uh, it was I was probably in high school and we went to Australia because my dad was getting asked to speak at the Hillsong conference, right? And so TD Jakes was one of the other that's speakers. A, that's a nice little name drop, right? A little there. bit. Yeah, that's, Hillsong is like the JFL. This a very long time ago. <laughs> well, not it so was, much. It yeah, was yeah, skip that. There's been some uh, stuff. <laughs> I don't know if you knew all that. There's a whole documentary about it now. This oh. was in. Um, Sorry, I didn't. I, 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 I didn't. I didn't get that documentary. <laughs> I feel like I stepped in a wormhole. Now you're this like is a, probably in like 2008 or something. Um, and I remember TD is in like this huge room and TD Jake's on stage and he's doing his thing. I mean, he's getting people fired. People are standing up. He's having them like everybody like chant stuff. Yeah. Like I think we were chanting the spell is broken. And he had a guy on stage with his towel and stuff and he's sweating. And then we were all, me and my brother, my sister was like, Oh my goodness, we've never seen anything like that. And my dad kind of huddled us up afterwards and goes, Hey guys, I just need you to know nothing that he said is true. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was awesome, but that wasn't true. That was pure entertainment. Like, we don't really believe that. <laughs> I don't even really remember what he said, but I just think that's so funny. He was like, just want to make sure you guys know that's not what we're really doing. <laughs> yeah, love that. Don't love it too much. Yeah, don't get into that. It's like uh, it's like being it's like being a lawyer and having your kids like have a cop come to school and we're like, listen, you don't need a lawyer if you didn't do anything wrong. And you're and you're you're dead. Hey, listen, just so you know, if the cops get you in a room, he's very nice. He's a very nice man, but uh, uh, always call a lawyer. Yeah. Say always call a lawyer. Yeah. Let's make don't sure. talk. Don't say anything until a lawyer gets. Not there. all advice is good. Uh. <laughs> I love it. Well, dude, so special's coming out. Not a re- te- official release date yet, but very soon. Uh, well, uh, it, it, it's very soon. Very, very soon. Uh, so people can follow. What's the best for people to know when it comes out? Uh, follow you on Instagram? Follow me on Instagram, Justin Smith Comedy. Uh, I'm wearing a big red sweatshirt mm-hmm. uh, in the picture, so that'll tell you. But uh, I'll have a release date. Uh, it's coming very soon. It'll be in my link. It's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be free. Uh, we w- had to wait so long for it to come out. We had a lot of uh, issues with it, uh, out of my control. Um, but it, we're very, I'm so excited about it and 
it's kind of it's been a long time coming. We've been we've been waiting for a long time. We taped it in January of last year, and it's just it's it's kind of just been this long waiting process. January moment. of last year? Yeah, we taped it in January of last year. Whoa! And uh, we were we were we thought we were gonna have uh, kind of like a a good uh, we thought we were gonna be have like a good distribution thing, and it was kind of like uh, we were waiting, kind of waiting and seeing. And uh, they kept being like, "Hold on, just we just we just we gotta wait." Just it was just like, "Wait, we we like it. We just we wanna." And then you're like, "Cause it was like what was gonna happen was gonna be like great." And then they're at the end, they just like, "Nah." Yeah. And you're like, "Well, I'm glad I waited." That That's long yeah. so for, bad. Yeah. Yeah. And you're so ready to release it. It's like holding in a sneeze. I'm sure where you're just like, yeah, yeah. I, "This thing is gonna feel so good." <laughs> so when it does come out, for everybody listening, when it does come out, uh, it's all clean. Um, and the best thing you could do... It'd be do, really funny if you're like, this is actually my dirty material from yeah. a few years ago, but <laughs> yeah. I am still releasing it. so long ago. It's After that, that heartfelt <laughs> reason you switched, was like, oh, I have to post it somewhere. No, I... But no, I, it's the clean, clean Justin. Clean, and uh, the best thing you can do is take the link, share it, text it to people. I mean, literally, it's a thing that everybody can watch. Um, it talks a lot about my life. I talk a little bit about going to Christian college and being a guy that's not about that. And uh, kind of, I've always kind of been a guy that uh, my mother, my mother was a very religious woman, so I always had one foot very much, you know, she had me in church plays, I was in the choir, I was the kid at, you know, the little children's plays, I had two solos, and I would have lots of speaking parts, and I was like that dude, and then my dad was a little bit of a ruffian, uh-huh. uh, he was like an oil field guy that, you know, would at night would hustle at pool holes, so I had literally had one foot in both directions, and that was how I was raised. And so it's kind of like what what happens when you grow up in a religious world with two feet like that and the way you see everything and the way that it happens and growing up in a small town in Oklahoma and what that feels like when you have kind of bigger dreams and that. Mm-hmm. And, and then I talk about my uh, divorce a little bit. Um, but I do it. I also, that's another thing where it's like, uh, people would all comics would always talk about people in such like a negative way where they talk about divorce and they're always like, is always like, yeah, well, uh, you know, she was horrible. You know, like it's always yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I can't like, that's a trend on TikTok too that I hate so much where it's like, I, when I first got on TikTok, the first, uh, algorithm that I had, it was like all these dudes that were like talking bad about their wives and stuff like that. And you're like, why is this funny? Like I don't understand. Oh, for sure. You're like, you're like, what is? You want to be like, oh, well, my wife is like this, and isn't it bad? It's like, well, you picked her. I think the the joke should be you're bad at picking women. Uh, yeah. Maybe that should be the joke. Maybe maybe the responsibility falls on you and not her. Yeah, and okay. doing golf content. It's yeah. all that. <laughs> oh, some of these pages. Will my monster wife won't let me play eighteen more holes with the boys? Yeah. Okay. yeah, I lie to her all the time about how long golf takes. Yeah, it's like, all you're, right. you're like, this is not. This is not cool, dude. Like you're not. It's not. You're. You think it makes it seem like you're the this dude, but you're like, yeah. It's like you're neither one of you are happy. Yeah. When you're like, oh, she's like this, and and then she's like, he's like this, and you're like, well, it doesn't sound like y'all are doing good. <laughs> Doesn't sound like y'all are great. It sounds like y'all are mixed up in a contract that you can't get out of. And so maybe you should I don't know, maybe you should fix it. Maybe you should change it. So on your album you're not slamming your ex wife the no, whole time. No, no, no. The whole the whole thing is the whole thing is, is that's like, your, that's the next album. Ex wife slam. Yeah. <laughs> slam. <laughs> but it's it's like I do I do believe that and I, I do it's something I want to normalize, but it's like sometimes in life, uh you enter into it. Because like when her and I got married, we were very young. 
Uh, I was like 21, 22. Was, uh, I was, again, I was, a, I was a virgin when I got married. So it was like, I was like, I was in the life still. Yeah. And sometimes you just get to a point where you grow apart and that's fine. That should be fine. You know, we didn't have kids. We didn't, we yeah. we separated. Growing apart when you're growing up too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. getting married that young's got to be a whole other set of challenges. You, you have no idea who you are. You're going through 21. puberty still. Yeah. Thanks you know? for well, bringing that up. I was pretty. Uh, late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My voice is still changing on this podcast. Yeah. Most people are hearing. So, so coronation. Justin Smith comedy yeah. Instagram. Um, any other way people can go see Nate Bargatze on tour? You might just see Justin walk out on stage. You might see me. You might. Way. And if you're listening to this podcast on the day that it comes out, you can catch me and Justin at Mad Life Stage and Studios in Woodstock. Except actually, it's sold out, so never mind. I'll tell you what. You give him. You give him a password. I'll, I'll let you in. Yeah, we might be able to let you in. Message us. There's a big green room. hundred percent bigger than any bouncers here in this region. <laughs> Justin, will, <laughs> Justin will get you in. Um, what's your email sign off? It's our last question. What do you put right before your name in an email? You go with like thank you, best. Uh, I don't think I put anything. Our favorite is in his loving grip. Coronation, loving no grip. breathing. Coronation, the prince. That I was, like that very much. Coronation, no breathing. Justin Smith. <laughs> All right, coronation, no breathing. Thanks for being on, Justin Smith. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, love.